Greetings and welcome to Stamper Cinema. As always, I am your host. My name is Andrew. Thank you very much for downloading this latest episode. And tonight you guys are in for something pretty freaking spectacular. Uh, not only are we going to be covering a really, really exciting film, but we've got a first time guest on here and I'm really, really jazzed about it. I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun. And what do you need to know? I don't want to tell you a ton about the film. I'm going to let her, I'm going to let her guest uh, introduce it. But the guest that we have tonight is actually a host of his own podcast or a co-host of one of his own podcasts. He's super funny. I'm really excited for you guys to meet him. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun. And uh, if this is your first time ever listening to Stamper Cinema, I highly suggest downloading, subscribing, following, all that bullshit. You know what to do. Uh, however you're listening to it, whether it's on Apple Podcast or wherever. I don't care. doesn't matter. I'm excited that you found me, and let's have a little bit of fun. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Mr. Pete Abeda. All right, so Pete, awesome. Uh, thank you very much for, for for joining the podcast tonight. How's it going, man? Oh, it's uh, it's great. Gangbusters. Can't, I'm excited to be here, excited to talk about a movie that I don't think gets enough love with people that's uh, really fantastic. So I'm happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, my, it's honestly my pleasure. Now, at the outset, I think I got the pronunciation right, but I I went on record in saying that the, the pronun- it, it's Pete Abeda. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. What is, what's the origin of that name? It's, Not the Pete. I mean, yeah. the Pete Abeda. <laughs> well, the origin of Pete comes from like, well, it comes from my grandfather. Um, I'm actually, I'm like the third. That's my dad's Pedro. My grandpa's Pete. And I'm Peter, born Peter, but I go by Pete. And uh, the the name is Basque. It's, it's Spanish. So okay. Basque is more like a, a region of the world that doesn't really belong in France or Spain. They kind of live in the mountains. Uh, a lot of goat meat. <laughs> a lot of goat meat. Yeah. So that's that's my family name is from Basque. It's Basque. Well, that's cool. That's a, that's really cool. Now, what part of the country are you are you in? I think from the research and just a little chatting mm-hmm. before, you're in kind of like the Northern California area. Yes. Yeah, I'm just south of the state capital, Sacramento, in a small town called Elk Grove. It's actually pretty big. It's one of the bigger suburbs of uh, Northern California, but um, it's a cool place up here. Cool, figuratively, because it's uh, we just hit triple digits for the first time this year, and it's only what May 18th. <laughs> we hit 100 today. So Jesus. it gets, it gets pretty hot and dry up here. Yeah. Uh, we were just casually talking and mentioned like hot land and I said, Oh, it gets miserable here. No, we haven't. I don't think we ever get, a, I don't think we ever get triple digits yeah, here. I mean, our humidity, yeah, you guys have humidity offensive <laughs> here, but, but a hundred degrees. Yeah. No, I mean, I lived in Austin for seven years and I remember the first year I was there, we had a hundred days over a hundred degrees, like consecutive. It was wow. ridiculous. Wow, that's pretty bad. Yeah, and I'm sure it's probably not the worst humidity, but definitely but worse in here because we're dry. I just can't imagine. It's still. It's not even June, man. It's. <laughs> it's. It's still like we're all halfway through spring and you're hitting like triple digits. I'm yeah, I'm I'm okay with it cuz this is pretty much all I've ever known. So like today I was like, "Oh, it's 100 degrees. That's surprising." That doesn't cause me any <laughs> alarm. I'm just like, "Well, it's hotter than I thought it would be today." And then I get in my car and drive home and temperature gauge says 106 once you start driving and it accumulates itself, mm-hmm. you know, to the mm-hmm. reality of it. It's 100 degrees and um if it was humidity on top of it, I would be booking my flight out of here, but <laughs> I'm like a lizard on a rock. I just soak, <laughs> soak up the, the heat waves. 
you said Elk Grove. What is there anything specific that Elk Grove is known for at all? Ooh, uh, I'd say probably Karens and uh, microbreweries. <laughs> there's, there's not a ton out here. I grew up in a town called Vacaville, uh, probably about 40, 45 minutes from here. That's it's famous for the uh, CMF, the Correctional Medical Facility. It's a penitentiary mm. that housed a uh, Charles Manson at one time and some famous serial killers. And then also Papa Roach was founded there. Other than that, <laughs> there's an outlet mall. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of a nice little like trifecta right yeah. there. You've got Charles Manson, Papa Roach, outlet malls, right? I mean, it kind of covers everything. Yeah, I grew up, I grew up living down the street from the prison and uh, I didn't ever think anything of it. And people would come into town new kid in school. Oh my gosh, I live near the prison. Is it scary? Do you ever have any, you know, escapees? And we're like, no, <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. That's a movie thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for just giving us just a little like intro on where you come from. Yeah. But I mean, we are going to be talking about a movie. I'm going to allow you the opportunity to introduce it. But just for the listeners that might not necessarily be, fami uh, be familiar with you, Tell us a little something about you. What do you do? I know that you host a podcast yeah. or a co-host on a podcast. If you could just give a, a little fun little uh, synopsis on. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So my, my, I'm a, I'm a, I just, I watch probably more movies than most. Last year I watched 525, I think movies. This year I'm on pace to hit about 500 Last year it was a, it was a mission. Like my goal was to hit 500. We talked about it on the show. It was my quest for 500. We had this whole in, in bit a check in every so often and let everyone know the listeners know how we're how we're doing. And this year I'm not necessarily trying to do it, but I think I'm still probably going to hit 500 this year. Um, so I watch a ton. I'm a car guy by heart. Um, that's my trade. I, I I run a body shop for my day job, and um, so when I'm watching movies, I'm constantly looking in the background for classic cars and cool stuff or mid seventies era doesn't, does nothing for me. I'm like late fifties, early sixties type of guy. Um, so as far as my movie tastes go, um, I'm really not much of a, a snob about anything. I'll watch animated movies. I'll watch kid movies onward last year. Uh, Disney Disney's, uh, onward was a wonderful, super fun road trip movie. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Teared me up at the end. Like, I have a great relationship with my dad, but any, any movie where it has a fractured father son relationship, just a like big fish every time. Yeah. That's <laughs> yep. me. Um, yeah. but the show, the show is called middle-class film class. We release twice a week. It's Mondays and Wednesdays and it's a movie news and review show. So we do on Mondays. It's uh, seg uh, the whole episode. We call it Gab and chatter. And we, uh, we talk about movie news of the week. Some fun stories, interesting stuff like Army Hammer allegedly being a cannibal to, right. you know, Ezra Miller's <laughs> most recent assault to the Hawaiian natives um, <laughs> and how you're more likely to be attacked by an Ezra Miller in Hawaii than a shark um, <laughs> statistically. And um, so we'll talk about stories like that. And then at the end of the show, we all three of us, Joseph, Tyler, and myself, we give streaming recommendations to the listeners. What we watch this week sometimes are anti-recommendations, but it's always is this worth your time? Where can you find it? Where can you stream it? Um, and then on Wednesdays, we do one deep dive review. It's about an hour long into whatever movie we choose from a random spinning wheel. And those movies also come from the listeners. So we have a big listener list. If you want to, we don't 
we don't have a Patreon or anything. You don't need to pay money. You just write in. You say, hey, I'm a fan of the show. I want you to review Country Bears Jamboree or something crazy. And <laughs> in the list it goes and we'll listen to us talk about it. And we're not always nice. So it's fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, have you guys been like monitoring or fo- uh, like, you know, just following the whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, like uh, trial that's been going on? A little bit, a little bit. I follow, I've been following that in my personally haven't really been reporting it on the show because it there's like every day there's something I, I feel like there's i see a new little quip or a new little snide remark and a lot of those things uh, don't translate well to audio um but uh, i think at the end i'm not following it as closely as a lot of people are i think at the end maybe a year after this the whole thing's done there's going to be a great docuseries about this or a sure or a true life uh, re- re- reenactment like when they did the Tiger King series, dramatized Tiger right. Tiger King series, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, we haven't really been commenting too much on that. It's, uh, um, it, although it is fascinating. You know, admittedly, the only thing that I know about all of that that is going on is just on Instagram, people's like little like TikTok feeds. Yeah, the shorts. Yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll see what it ultimately comes out. It's funny because years ago it was, oh yeah, Johnny Depp's an abuser. And then now you're kind of looking at her and you're seeing like the behind the scenes you're like well this person might be unhinged a little bit and you know they're both no you know uh, boy scouts but uh it seems like um there is some a tumultuous like uh, home life let's just put it that way yeah for sure now you said that you did about 500 some odd films last year were there were there any that really, really stood out to you? Like this, this is one that in five, 10 years, people are gonna be like, yeah, that's, that's an instant classic. Hmm. That's a good one. That's a good question. Um, one, one that really stuck out to me that was from 2021 was, I think it technically is a 2020 movie, but it really only was able to be seen by the, you know, the casuals, us, us regular people in 2021. It's called Psycho Gorman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, Stephen Kostansky. Um, he did The Void. It's like uh, Man Borg. Uh, there are all kinds of crazy sort of like, um, gosh, what do they call that? Uh, like a trauma, like a t- trauma type movies. Sure. And you I think, know. wasn't the writers that they were also involved with uh, Super Dark Times? I'm not sure that name, that title doesn't sound familiar, but they're oh, uh, dude, Pete, you need to put that one on your list. Yeah. yeah super Oof. dark times is, that a movie? is legit. That's, that's a movie that you'll want to definitely take a look at. I'm, I'm okay. like, I'm 85% certain that I'm not talking out of my ass at psycho Gorman and super <laughs> dark times are connected. I will. I'm writing it down. It's going to go onto my list. And I, yeah. If like one of us are like going on like a little tangent, I'm going to fact check yeah. it or, you know, whatever. But, Absolutely. um, yeah. So I loved, I love Psycho Gorman. It just won a couple awards at the, like the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards that they just had. Yeah. I saw a lot of your, a lot of your um, episodes are on Fangoria, uh, specific stuff. So are you, are you like a big, are you really into horror? Well, I mean, yes, but I'm not, I'm not just like a super like genre freak. I yeah. like you, I will watch anything and mm-hmm. everything. Uh, I mean, the whole tag of this podcast is you choose it, I watch it, we discuss it. I yeah, will I like watch it. anything. You know, it doesn't matter, like uh, indie films, commercial films. I, I've got a lot of like action films, and I got to tell you, like of all the genres out there, that might be like my least favorite of Just them. Just straight but, action. Yeah. But again, I watch anything and everything, and I can find something from any genre that I'll that I'll enjoy 
an element from, but that's good. They do it's, have a soft spot for horror film. Yeah. It's in uh, I mean the, I want, I don't want to say like, like psycho Gorman is not anything that's going to win an Oscar, but it's, it is like, it's a movie that shot its shot. It was like guar mixed with, um, mixed with like power Rangers all right. set in like a, uh, a PG 13 version of, um, like Hellraiser. That's, Ah, it's just it's got something that just hits on all cylinders and i show it to some people because i'm i'm a proponent of it so if, I, I think of it kind of like a good group movie or party movie so we'll put it on when people are over and they haven't seen it and uh sometimes you get like ah oh, this is great and sometimes they're like what the fuck <laughs> yeah it's it's funny because i was i was talking to my brother about that movie and i mean you i i feel there there's very much a specific audience that will definitely get it and appreciate mm-hmm. it. And then I think there is definitely an audience. I'd be like, what the fuck is this? But if you get it and you appreciate it, it really, really does hit hard. And I mean, it, it's hysterical and it's very, the, very, very funny. The, the central protagonist. I mean, she's not overtly like on the spectrum, but there's something off yeah. about her that is just perfect. And, that young actress completely crushes it. So, I mean, I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. She went high on my uh, kids that I hate in movies list, which <laughs> goes like the kid from the Baba Duke, the two twins uh, from the witch, Robert Eggers, the witch, mm, uh, yeah. um, you know, there's a couple, there's a couple of them out there. The girls have a penis, boys have a vagina or vice versa. <laughs> and from a uh, kindergarten cop, that kid, yeah. shut up. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like I like uh, I like her too. She's she's too much sometimes, but that's the point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Psycho Gorman. That was that was one of your your big flicks of last year. Anything else before you know? We've just been kind of lingering on, but you know, I want to get into the movie that we're really here to discuss. But I don't know, I don't have an anything that, to just be yeah. a nerd and talk about movies. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, sure. No, there's a we watched. Um, there's a movie that just blew me away. That's it's not a new one, but um, you know, Denis Villeneuve is has become this like powerhouse in Hollywood, and you know, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Blade Runner, twenty forty nine, Arrival, even you know, Prisoners." You get a little bit further back, and people are like, "Ooh, do you see Prisoners? Oh yeah, that's crazy. It doesn't seem like Denis." And it's like that's that was his bread and butter was those gritty, very visceral dramas, um, and then Enemy before that, and then. Uh, before that was Incendies, and I'd never seen Incendies. I never, I don't know anything about it. I just knew that was one of his early flicks, and it was a French language movie. So I kind of st- stayed away from it. It came up on our on our wheel. Joseph, it was one of Joseph's picks, and we watched it. I think it was. I think was it mine? I think it was Joseph's. But anyways, we watched it, and that was that's a masterclass movie. Yeah, that's a that's a five star story. It's five star acting. It's very dark and dreary um, in a lot of times. And there's some emotional components there that the characters go through that you would never hope that anybody has to go through. And you're sitting, you're front and center for it the whole time. And it's like Villeneuve can do that, a very personal story. And it's basically a, a, a brother, sister duo. I think they're twins, fraternal twins. And they, um, their mother dies and in her last wishes, she has a, a letter basically putting, sending them two on a journey back to Iran or Iraq, somewhere in the Middle East, it's an unnamed country, to find their roots. And what they find along the way is um, uh, shocking. So uh, that was one of all the movies that we watched last year for the show 
what made it into my list as well was just like I was not expecting anything from that movie and don't read anything about it going in because there's a lot of development that makes it really you have to watch it real time and not have it quote unquote spoiled for you. So it's Incendies. I'm sold. I'm I'm excited to uh, check that out. You watch Incendies, I'll watch Super Dark Times. Do it. Done. All right. I, th- I mean, there we go. We've, we've got it. Yeah. Um, so what do you say? You want to you want to transition into talking yeah. about the film that we're that we're really here to talk about today? Yes, absolutely. So my my pick was uh, was the kid detective. This is from 2020. Uh, it's starring uh, Adam Brody, who most people would know from the O.C., if you click on his IMDb page, you're going to see basically it's uh, it's the O.C. It's Jennifer's body, a little bit of ready or not, Mr. And Mrs. Smith. But forever now, I'm going to think of Adam Brody as the kid detective. He's the titular character. Um, Abe Applebaum. Yeah, Abe Applebaum. What a great name, too. Um, so this is written and directed by Evan Morgan. He's a Canadian uh I guess, artist, um, who the, the interesting thing is the reason why I was kind of drawn to this in the first place, um, was two reasons. It was recommended to me from another podcaster, uh, Jason Kleberg from the force five podcast and did a review on it. Sounded, sounded great. Never heard of it before. And I looked at it and I go, Oh, Evan Morgan also wrote the dirties. You ever seen that one? No, that's a fantastic found footage type movie about, a a couple of nerdy kids that make movies. They know they don't have friends and all they do is make movies together. And um, one of them starts plotting jokingly, quote unquote, plotting a school shooting. And the other one's not sure if he's serious about it. And it's very mm. dark and it's very funny, but um, the guy, the, the team behind that was um, Matt Johnson, Matt Johnson and Evan Morgan are the two that wrote it. Matt Johnson also did the um, operation moonfall or I can't remember the name of it, but um, oh, Operation Avalanche, um, mm. and then the uh, Nirvana and the Band show. So he's got done a bunch of like really funky stuff. But the Dirties was cool, and Evan Morgan wrote and directed the Kid Detective, and um, the plot is pretty pretty simple. You have a a young kid detective, a la Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew. And he's the hero of the town. He gets the key to the city. He's got his name in the newspaper every other week, solving who took the charity money from the church luncheon or donations and who stole that kid's bike and who took that kid's dog or whatever. He stole his loose change from this kid's desk. And um, at some point, one of his classmates, uh, she gets uh, she gets kidnapped. It's a missing persons case. And... Um, it's never solved. He and, and the family is like, Abe, you got to, how long is it going to take till you find her, till you find her? And he's, I don't know. I don't know. And he's essentially the whole weight of this town is put on this 12 year old kid, 13 year old mm-hmm. kid. And he never finds her. And he, uh, lives with that for the rest of his life. And it's basically ruins him. Flash forward to now he's 33 years old. He's still in the same town. He's got his uh, crappy little office with his weird receptionist. And he's still running uh, basically small time uh, mysteries. And he calls them, uh, I've solved, I've solved over 200 mysteries, <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. which just sounds like such a kid thing to say. It's not, it's not a case. I haven't solved cases or whatever. It's I've solved 200 mysteries and uh, he gets the, uh, the job of his life. And one of, one of the young girls in the, in the school, in the town comes to him to solve the mystery of her murdered boyfriend stabbed 17 times. 
Um, and he takes the case and, and everyone's just kind of laughing at him. Like, what are you going to do? You're this, you're this joke. You're a quote unquote detective. Um, and it's very, very touching. It's basically a modern noir set in this small town America. And it's, um, it's really something. It really is. I mean, you, you mentioned like the Hardy boys and Nancy drew, it reminded me, and I don't know if you, if you grew up reading these novels as well, but it was very encyclopedia Brown. And no, I don't know. Oh, I know the name. Oh, Pete. So there were like in the, the 1960s through even maybe, I don't know, like the early 2000s, there was a, a kid detective sleuth and his name was Encyclopedia Brown and Leroy quote Encyclopedia Brown. And mm. he would do kind of Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew type things uh, like mystery, like just solving and everything. And he, he worked with uh, his his, uh, his trusty assistant, Sally, and they, they 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 saw like their little like local mysteries and whatever and very very trivial shit but it was then picked up by hbo mm-hmm. in like 1989 and they it, it only had like eight or nine episodes and one of which was an episode that was all about the the missing time capsule which mm. which he references which um abe references he's like i solved the case of the missing like time capsule like, oh yeah he does say that line he says yep. it like with such vigor too yep that's yeah, so funny that was a direct like nod to encyclopedia brown which i now uh i was gonna call you abe now pete we <laughs> we, we haven't we haven't really necessarily spoken like our age or whatever but sure. i when that show came out i would have you know i i was born in 79 so i'm 42 43 years old i uh. 40, 40, 43 years old had to do the uh-huh. math, but that, that series was huge when I was like in fifth grade, right? Like, the, sure. you know, like I remember being in fifth grade and like going to the library and the, the librarian, like reading us like encyclopedia Brown, like stories all the time. I became obsessed with them that I created my own like faux encyclopedia Brown, Hardy oh, boys, like, mystery stories that I, I myself like wrote and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. What was your uh, what was your favorite mystery in that from, group from Encyclopedia Brown? No, from yours. Oh, shit. Mine. <laughs> I can't remember. I, yeah, no, I, I totally ripped off one that was <laughs> used in Encyclopedia Brown. But it was it was like the case of the, the, the stolen baseball card is huh. one that, that I wrote that somebody stole a Bo Jackson's uh, uh, like 1987 like baseball card. That was oh, also not, kind not of... Bo Jackson. Yeah, kind of stolen from the Encyclopedia Brown story, but also stolen from my life because I had like a kid neighbor friend mm. that literally like ripped off a, like a Bo, Bo Jackson baseball card that I had and I had to call him out. I'm like, dude, why'd you steal my baseball card? And he's like, I didn't do it. And then he started crying and, you know, I got the card back. But it all, like, it all went back. I mean, we were, you know, like nine, 10 years old at the time. But yeah, because I was so like jazzed about Encyclopedia Brown and the Hardy Boys because I read all those. I created my own, my own uh, sleuth detective that, mm-hmm. and I even like drew like the illustrations and he had like cool hair, in the way that a 10 year old would think cool hair sure. looks like, like, Oh, like a uh, Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> basically, basically. Yes. Yes. Well, have you ever seen, um, the, the movie mystery team with oh, yeah. uh, Donald Glover? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's, that's, um, um, it's kind of a similar, the overall tone of the movie isn't, but like the kind of uh, basic synopsis is pretty similar. 
small time detective agency taking on these small cases and then someone comes to them with a murder right and, and what do they do and are they losing their innocence over this so um one of my yeah, this, movie, this movie's like half mystery team half brick if you oh i haven't seen saw, rick yet it's on my list okay yeah definitely do that this movie kind of falls in between the two but what I love about this movie is that this movie really taps into some really interesting themes. And you think this movie is going to go a certain direction. Mm-hmm. And when the the final act hits you and everything happens, and I really don't want to spoil this movie. I, I, I was like just going to say, I don't think, th- I think this would be, even if it's pretty normal to spoiler on the, sh- to spoil on the show, being a mystery movie and the ending, the ending that you do get is what makes this i and in my opinion what makes this movie from like a four-star movie to a five-star movie is mm-hmm. how how they just nail that final confrontation yep. is so gut-wrenching and and then and layered because once you think it's over it keeps going and then it keeps going and then you get the denouement at the end when he's talking to his parents and you're like Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to laugh at this, but I'm laughing because of the right. music. And it's oh my gosh, it's so heartbreaking. It's such it, it, a it's good, funny and heartbreaking that very ending. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I because I just remember when the the final credits hit, like I didn't think this is where the movie was going to go. Yeah. And when it happens, I was like, oh shit! And it's, I, I get that some people maybe it's not for everybody, but I think if you do enjoy good cinema you're gonna like this movie and this movie was yeah. made for fucking peanuts and i apologize yeah. for dropping f-bombs and you know um, <laughs> but this movie like an under four hundred thousand dollar budget right i mean it was filmed i think in toronto it's for lack of a better term a canadian film yeah it was nominated for a bunch of like little canadian awards you had mentioned evan morgan i i think in my research i think i saw that one point in time as a kid he was in like an episode of goosebumps Oh, really? um, which I think is hysterical if that is true. That's funny. But this movie, is it, it's something special for just something that is very much just a, a small independent film, and it, it's not what you think it's going to be. I mean, it is mm-hmm. a like a neo-noir film, and as, as you just mentioned, it's like a part comedy, part murder mystery about like this washed-up like child like detective who's now an adult, and he's still trying to solve the same... like mediocre mysteries that he was doing as a kid he's also he's struggling like with his own identity that he's and it's like there's a great the dinner scene and i i missed it who the relationship was of the dinner he had the dinner with his parents and then that other older couple was Mm -hmm. that his aunt aunt and uncle i don't i don't that sounds right if it's his aunt uncle or just like uh his parents friends parents friends yeah yeah and and the the woman there she's like uh Abe, I'm just so proud of you. You know, you called your shot and you took it. You know, you're you're sticking to your guns. You know what you want to be, and you're not. Yeah, and it's the way he says it is so matter of fact and perfect. And it's like there's no way to not sound like a dick when you're saying that. But the reality is, please don't say that. You don't realize how patronizing it is. And I know it's coming from a good place, but it still it hurts. And she's just like, okay. (laughs) And there that that whole theme of like. I feel like losing your innocence, a loss of innocence is a, a, a ongoing theme. You have that with the missing girl. You have that with the, uh, the the girl who hires him to find her dead boyfriend. You find that with the parents of the boyfriend. 
when he confronts them about the drugs, they they almost are losing the idea of the innocence of their child who they don't even have the ability to see him anymore. So, I mean, that's a heartbreaking loss of innocence there. And then ultimately Abe's loss of innocence and what it does to his psyche. And you're like, that's pretty much what he wanted this whole time was to be taken seriously as a detective. And once he does, it just crushed his entire reality. And it's yeah. like, can't, can't you think he's cut out for this? Is anybody cut out for this? Or is this a bad thing that he's reacting that way at the end when the credits roll? Or is it that, I mean, should any well-adjusted person act the same way, you know? It's supposed to be funny, but it's like, that's not funny. It's not, but it's just seeing the character do it. It is very funny. This movie, I mean, you, you, it, it tackles some really interesting themes in very, very subtle ways because it, it doesn't just slap you in the face and you know, you have that idea of like that lost innocence. You've got that, that idea of just even somebody just being stuck in the past where he, yeah. he thinks of his town in the, the glory days. And this is somebody that, you know, um, he still has pictures of himself from like these things that he did. He still refers to the fact that he won the key to the city. He still is a grown ass man getting free ice cream. Right. So this, this That's whole like, such notion, a great scene. Yeah. of just being obsessed, you know, with the past and, and then just other elements of regret, regret and the weight of regret, you know, just this one case that he didn't solve that has just messed with his entire life, right. For the past mm -hmm. 20 years, you know, from an adolescent to, you know, now uh, an adult that just has let that fa failure haunt him for his entire mm -hmm. life. And just that, that notion of regret. So, I think anybody that may have felt they peaked early in you know in, in life can definitely <laughs> yeah. can definitely like resonate and latch onto some of these themes because it's it's quite great and you know we we mentioned that Adam Brody from the OC and a couple other films like Jennifer's Body Scream Four uh, cameo in Thank You for Smoking and some of the other stuff that he's done he's. Mm. He's always been a likable actor, but I've never really seen him as a leading person in, sure. until this movie. And I just think that even though he was kind of washed up and kind of beat up, there was still something incredibly charming. And oh, yeah. um, you're you want to like to empathize and like like this yeah, character. You, you do want to like the character. Abe. I mean, Abe's a likable kid when he's a kid. And, um, you know, as he grows up. It's just his circumstances that make him off-puttish, I think, off-standoffish, off stand, I guess, to the, to the rest of the town. Because he's not, I mean, he's not a bad guy. He's just, he's just a victim of circumstance and he's never, he's never given up yet. And he, he never gave up the dream, but he definitely gave up in life, you know. Yeah. He's an alcoholic, chasing a hangover every day, doesn't have, he lives with a, a roommate that... <laughs> The roommate is just some young kid and he's the loser in the, in the relationship, you know, <laughs> of, the, of that friend group. But, um, one of the things that I, I think I didn't catch the first time, uh, watching it, but I, I, last night I watched it last night fresh again, just to refresh myself. And, um, one thing that it really stuck out to me was how good and complete the writing was because you have in the very, very beginning, the intro where he's setting up his history as a kid detective and he talks about how he would just like the hardy boys i i would be in someone's house looking for clues and i could hear someone come home and i have to hide in the closet and just when you think they're gonna get away you sneeze and they come get you and the 
the consequences of that are like, oh, hey, Steve, look at this. This is so cute. Look at this. We got a kid hanging, hiding out in our closet with the tie and this blazer. And then the exact same scenario happens as an adult. And it is not cute. It's not <laughs> cute. The consequences are not cute at all. <laughs> They're dire, in fact. And uh, th- that was a very sweaty palms moment. Um, so that was a very circular, good uh, writing, complete to end. And then there's even little stuff too, like um, such a simple little, a little note, a little detail in it is that his his, his receptionist, she's this goth girl who doesn't care, ba- barely is even there. Like she take, she'll take a message for him, and he'll like, she's like, uh, hey, someone called for you. Okay, who was it? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't ask. <laughs> like, okay, well, you have someone in your office. What's her name? I, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> if you if you don't, you know, what are you doing? So she's has no respect for him, throws parties at the office when he's gone. And when everything r- r- wraps up and he has this triumphant return and he's on the top of the world, he says, even the people in my life started treating me differently. And it cuts to her and she has no smile. You think there's going to be a smile on her face. There's not one bit of smile. but she, And she says... As just as vague of an answer, she says, oh, she's in there. But in the context of the movie, you know who she is. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to she doesn't have to say her first and last name to, for the audience and Abe Applebaum to know who it is in there. So the simple message of you have someone in your office, it's her, is almost the same exact message at the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie, but it means so much more. And it, she mm. actually does respect him in that in that regard, which is for that character, that's respect. So I, I I really liked that part of it too. Now, I mean, you you reference the 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 secretary and everything, and I just in you know just researching, like I knew like I know who I know who she is, and mm-hmm. I recognized her from like Veep. She she played Catherine on Veep. I don't know if you watched that show, but just looking at the cast members' names and like, all right, you know, uh, Zima is in it, Wendy Crewson, Sophie uh, Nalise, and Sarah Sutherland, and I'm like clicked on that and i only discovered today that that is Kiefer sutherland's daughter and yeah yeah it just like blew my mind and i'm like oh shit i've been watching her for years on v <laughs> and it was only today that i realized that that's Kiefer sutherland's daughter yeah it's funny when you see that uh that hollywood connection like um who's the guy it's um um wyatt um i'm drawing a blank on his name plays a uh, snake plissken in um Oh, Russell, uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell, Wyatt Russell. Yeah. Yeah. So Wy- Wyatt Russell has been in a bunch of stuff that I've seen lately. And I'm like, God, that guy looks like Kurt Russell. <laughs> and it's, and his, son. it's his son. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 yeah, For sure. <laughs> it's always wild. I mean, it, it's just, just, uh, like just when you get those like weird, like, Oh my God, how did I not know that? I mean, mm-hmm. not that you really should know that they're their own like individual, but it's just kind of, again, just that Hollywood connection. When you, when you discover something, you're like, Oh my God. And you're like, oh yeah, that that I guess that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, it's fun. Um, how do you like the uh, the interview process with with Calvin, the chubby friend of the deceased boyfriend? <laughs> so when he, Calvin. When he, Calvin's like, they were pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I mean, a really so really good. good young actor. I mean, it was obvious that at least to me that I'm like, oh yeah, no, this dude I think is. He's into her. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, but the, the the young actor, I think, did like a really, really great job of just 
and also putting in like high school terms of mm-hmm. what is like sketch behavior for a high school. So like um, he lied the, uh, Evan Morgan, I about think movies. just <laughs> pardon me. He, he lied about movies that he hadn't saw yeah, that he said yeah, exactly. he saw. Exactly. Wow. What a scumbag. <laughs> and, and I feel like a piece of shit because I remember being a teenager and that would piss me off. I'm like, mm. he totally did not see uh, that movie. He, yeah. I guarantee you, he never saw A Clockwork Orange. No. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's it about? Oh, there's a some sort of giant clock. clock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In yeah. there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I was never necessarily pretentious, but like you, I, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of movies and sure. one of the things that would piss me off are like people that would make false claims. So I like when he was doing that, I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get this. I, I, I side with Calvin. Calvin, yeah, he was a, he was a scumbag. <laughs> By the way, him and his him and his sister Calvin and his sister are just the most boring children. Oh They're my playing god! I Pong. love I love that. This is a movie that takes place. And granted, it's never. I don't know if it's actually established when this film mm-hmm. takes place, but you have to assume it's modern. Yeah. But these two modern kids are still playing an arcade game from yeah. 1978. Yeah. It's probably it is, what was pre-installed on their on their knockoff Canadian laptop that they had. <laughs> their parents got them. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have to put a you have to put a an ounce of maple syrup in every day or else it won't run. <laughs> <laughs> the the one of the greatest lines and there's a lot of really cool funny throwaway lines but one of the greatest lines is when he first goes into calvin's house and and we should say that calvin is the friend of the deceased boyfriend and he's trying to get like character statements about this deceased boyfriend to try to find if there's something to go on and he sits down with calvin and he goes smells good in here cupcakes he goes yeah but they're for my sister for school my mom counted him because <laughs> he's a fat kid. His mom knows he's going to take one. And then he follows up with, he goes, oh, cool. Is it her birthday tomorrow or something? And she's like, no, she's just not well-liked. <laughs> As a one-two punch is great. <laughs> there, you know, there, there are some like low-key brilliant lines in this movie. And <laughs> this movie isn't an out-and-out comedy and it's not an out-and-out drama. And that's one of the things I'm also that I'm a big, big sucker for are those movies that are kind of like genre bending where mm-hmm. it's a little bit of this, it's a little bit of that, but I love that because I mean, that's kind of really just not to get like too philosophical, but I think that's how, how life really is. You know, there, sure. there are funny things that happen and there's a lot of serious shit that happens like in between it. So mm-hmm. don't, you don't have to necessarily pigeonhole yourself like, all right, it's going to be an all and out Ace Ventura or yeah. an all and out, I don't know, silence of the lambs or whatever, you know, there, <laughs> there, there are ways that you can still yeah. have humor in a drama. And there's a way that you can have, you know, a lot of seriousness and a comedy in this movie, I think has a really great use of balance and not that I necessarily want to segue into a critic, but I, you know, I hopped on rotten tomatoes and this movie has a rotten tomato score from critics, about 84% audience wise, mm. 75%. But this critic on the guardian said in regards to kids detective that this is an odd little film that may not hit every high note, but it's diligent avoidance of ending up where we expect it to makes it hard to shake. It's a disquieting crime drama where solving the mystery isn't enough to make things better. But what I found great was that that diligent avoidance of ending up where we think it's going to be right. This Mm -hmm. movie 
you think you know, and it's not that this movie, um, you know, just pulls a rug from underneath you. It's it's not like a bait and switch type movie, mm-hmm. but we've seen enough movies in in cinema to get kind of an idea of this is where the move. This is the type of film this is going to be. Yeah. But in the end, what this movie is really about, and the title kind of throws you for a loop. You know, this idea of a kid detective. If you don't know what this movie is about, you might think that it's a kid's literally movie. a kid's film, right? Yeah. But, and I don't think this movie is designed to play with the audience or like deceive anybody. It's just a very, very nuanced film that makes it, makes it brilliant. And you had reference yeah. history team. Uh, I mm-hmm. reference brick. And I think this movie follows kind of in between the two of them. If you're listening and you haven't seen either of those movies, definitely check them out. Certainly check this film out. <laughs> But well, it also felt kind of like Chinatown in a sense, because yeah. you got Jack Nicholson running all over L.A. and he's got all these cool little gumshoe tricks like, uh, you know, he puts the pocket watch under the rear tire of the car because he didn't want to sit there for 24 hours surveilling the guy. So what time does he leave? Right when the, the watch breaks. That's the time I'm like, ooh, that's a cool trick, you know. Right. And there was a lot of little stuff like that. Like he went to go to Calvin's house and he unlocked the one of the windows and pushed it just a tiny bit open saying, just in case I got to come back later, which was his demise. (laughs) 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 Or, I mean, and there's, it's also like, you don't really like, um, I mean, you kind of like Jake from Chinatown. I think that's his name. Jack Nicholson's character, Jake. And he, um, it could be something like that. But he's, He's kind of a kind of a bum, just like uh, you know Bob uh, Bob Hoskins from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, stereotypical drunk PI, and um, you know this falls in that same category. But at the same time, uh, I mean, they both get their uh, they get their shit handed to them a couple times throughout the movie. You know, Jake mm-hmm. gets his nose cut off, and you know Evan gets. Uh, he gets more emotional abuse than anything. <laughs> I mean, he does get, find himself into a dumpster completely naked somehow. Oh, yeah. They never really explain that either, which is awesome. <laughs> which I think is great. I, yeah, I mean, I was like, how did he get in there? And the fact that it's never, ever addressed other than like, how the fuck am I here? I know. Well, he never <laughs> finds out. The audience never finds out, which I think is yeah, yeah, just yeah. beautiful. Um, the other one, too, that I think had a little bit of um, a little bit of overlap there was uh, Under the Silver Lake. That was a A24 movie, Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like Adam Brody and Andrew Garfield could easily swap roles with just about any of their movies after watching this. Like I didn't even Brody was really wasn't on my register at all. But after seeing this, I feel like there's there could be that's that type, that person. It, it could be interchangeable between the two of them. And Garfield's an amazing actor too, but um but under this over lake was like a, a straight up mystery. It did, did have some comedy. That? Did you enjoy that film? I liked it and I feel like I'm missing a lot. Like I felt like we did an episode on it for the show and even researching it for the episode, I still felt like I, like I still didn't know what it was trying to say. And I felt like the mystery was way over my head. And I, I know that there's fan theories about like the words in the, in the cipher that lead to a GPS coordinate that coordinates up with a certain like state park or something and there's like ciphers built into the background of like the headboards of certain but it's like it's really deep like you have to research it for weeks and weeks and weeks for that right but the overall vibe of the movie i really liked and i freaking loved in both of those movies under the silver lake and the kid detective the classic uh mystery score 
the um, a lot of flutes and clarinets, kind of a mysterious, whimsical sound throughout the entire thing. It was just, just perfect. And then going again into Calvin, an underrated uh, character, when he's uh, hiding up in Calvin's closet and Calvin puts on that music to listen to, juxtaposed to the music we've been fed throughout the whole movie, it's so striking just to have put Nickelback on or whoever it is. <laughs> um. I I haven't seen it yet, but Oh, under the Silver Lake? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. But it was done by a filmmaker that I I mean, I, I'm only familiar with another work that he did, which was um Oh my it god. It follows. It follows, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is uh like a horror film movie that just like hit me super hard. I, I loved it. I loved every mi- uh, every minute of it. So when Under the Silver Lake came out, I was all about it. and I love A twenty four. I just haven't got my Sure. Uh, my eyes around it now as you were talking and i was listening to everything but i do have to like call myself out because of the fact that i had referenced super dark times mm-hmm. not connected to psycho gorman the the writers of of um super dark times are actually tied to the night house um oh, okay which was another film that was nominated uh, for the Fangoria Award. So I just kind of like mixed those because both of those films like one different shit. But that was a, that was a cool, uh, visually an interesting movie, The Night House. Oh, I liked some of the, it's like some it's of the, beautiful, and I think yeah, I like some of the uh, whole I, I think, setups with the scenery. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's sexy as hell to look at. Like it, it like on camera, like oh, this every frame is beautiful, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. I can't believe I forgot the name of the lead actress, but. Um, she's fantastic but the the writer combo for that they did super dark time so it's not connected to psycho gorman it doesn't take away the fact that psycho gorman is brilliant it doesn't take away the fact that i need you to watch <laughs> super dark times because I will. I will i'll do it yeah yeah. if yeah. it's a standalone movie um it's going on the list i i shy away from series just because there's so much to watch and i mean i'm not a comic book hater but i haven't seen i still haven't even seen infinity war or endgame I haven't seen the new Spider-Man. I didn't see Doctor. Str- I'm probably not going to see Doctor Strange till it streams. Um, but all that being said, um, oh gosh, what was I saying? Um, if it's a if it's a movie and it's not a series, I'll, I'll 100% watch it. Like I have, I've stayed a- consciously stayed away from all of the Marvel and Disney series that are streaming. You know, that tie into that universe. Yeah, I think you and I are far more similar than maybe we even know because the only yeah. reason why, and that's not to slight episodes that I've done on here. I'm I'm really proud of the stuff that I've done on on these shows, but if not for my friends, and again, the hook is you choose the movie, I watch it, we discuss it. Mm-hmm. I've covered all the Avengers films on here because I've you know I've got friends that that's what they enjoy. That's right? a thing, yeah. And so I, I've seen those and it, it's a fun ride. I, I mean, there's definitely things to enjoy about them, but mm-hmm. apart from those, I haven't seen a single Avengers film because oh, nobody's really? asked me else to like watch it. Right. So I've, I've never <laughs> seen one of the Spider-Man films. I haven't seen any of the Dr. Strange films or, or Thor or the Hulk or whoever else. Uh, sure. I know Loki is a TV show and the WandaVision and like all this stuff. Everybody talks about like, Oh my God, it's so good. Did you love it? I'm like, I don't know. It, it's, that's not my, um, preferred style. I'll watch them and I will enjoy mm-hmm. them. It's just, if I'm seeking out something, it, it's not on my radar. There are other things that I'm, that I'm curious about that I want to see. So yeah, 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 yeah. Where do you, uh, where do you get your movie recommendations, uh, Andrew? So like who? if you're talking about 
me personally, or yeah. if you're like, I basically, well, I mean, because I have so many different ways I can go with that answer. You yeah, know, well, like the reason I say that is like I I listen to a lot of movie podcasts. I I have probably five on regular rotation, and the three of them are a recommend recommendation shows. So I'm constantly like, ooh, that guy likes this. I, you know, Bruce, me and Bruce have a very similar taste. I'm going to, oh, he five-starred that. I'm going to add to my list. You know, oh yeah, I, you know, me and Eric, sometimes we line up, sometimes we don't, but he get five-star this one. And he says it's crazy. And so I have this running list on Just Watch, the app. Yeah, and Dude, and I love that you know Just Watch. Yeah, yeah. it's like I have 450 titles on there. And it's like every time I start chipping away at it, I had like four more and then eventually I'm just like, okay, I got to delete this. I don't even remember the title of this movie. I don't know where, who recommended it to me. So I start deleting it off the list. And uh, I mean, there's stuff that's been on there for years and I don't know if I'll ever get to. It's sad. Yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> totally. Um, there, where I get it. I mean, it, it's, it's talking to people. It's listening for the sake of the podcast. I mean, I, I love, for example, when somebody like you come on the show that introduced me to a film that I hadn't that I hadn't seen. So this movie, but just trying to try to be around as many different people as possible just to see what sure. type of art that they like. I'm going to be covering a film called Pride that came out in 2013, 2014, uh, which takes which is based on a, a true story in the 1980s. Is that the a- Amy Adams and Philip Seymour Hoffman? No, no, no. This is a, it's an English BBC type film that had to do with uh, like LGBTQ uh, mm-hmm. community. And at least as far as I know, I mean, so the, there are movies like that, that, that I'm introduced to on this podcast, um, movie podcasts that I follow, they, they'll give me a, they'll give me a little this or that, that I might be appealed that I might appeal to. I sure. read Fangoria that'll talk about like the new artsy horror film, uh, if a 24 are covering something, I'm like, well, what are they doing? You know, what, what's going on over there? And so just reading and following vanity fair variety, you know, magazines and just see what people are talking about. And, um, Instagram, Twitter, I mean, Twitter is huge. It, the problem with Twitter is, I mean, Twitter people generally, um, are, you know, can, can show some of the worst uh, behaviors in humanity, sure. but, there are sometimes really good things that they, they might say, Hey, you should check this out. And that's, that's a good recommendation as well. So yeah, just, just keeping an eye, like an open eye and ear to as many forms of medium that you can is where I get my, my, how, how did, did you, uh, did you see everything everywhere in the theaters? Not yet. No, I, I know all about it. And I've heard about that movie for about like, I don't know, like nine, 10 months, but I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard great things. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're kind of a A twenty four stan, um, it's that's like everything that they generally produce, like turned up to eleven. It's it's wild, it's heartfelt, it's um, very unique, and it's made by the directing team that did Swiss Army Man, and it's been, mm. and they're just they're just some weird ass guys, and I'm all for some weird cinema, and this is definitely weird and uh, touching. Nice. Um, I mean, dude, I can keep this conversation going on forever, but one thing I don't want to take up your entire night, but I do want to play a couple games because on episodes that I'm having a lot of fun, I also like to, I like to throw some quizzes out there. It's kind of fun. It's good for listeners. I love trivia. Yes. So what we're going to do is we're going to play a, 
I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the villain and you're okay. gonna tell me the movie. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Or TV show, series, whatever. None of these okay. are super deep cuts, but okay. here we go. Buffalo Bill. Uh, Science of Lamps. Good. Kaiser Soze. Uh, usual Suspects. Moriarty. Moriarty. Um, that's going to be Amadeus. Oh, close. Right? Sherlock Holmes. Oh, really? I don't know. I don't know any Sherlock Holmes. Um, John Doe. Uh, seven. Just watched that two, a day, two days ago. <laughs> Uh, Ray Finkel slash Lois Einhorn. Uh, that is Ace Ventura one. Yes. Yes. And then <laughs> a movie that you referenced earlier, judge doom, judge doom. Oh, uh, who framed Roger rabbit? Well done. Well done. Um, so Bro, I'm, happy, man. I'm a, I'm a trivia freak. All my movie podcasts, the other half of them are trivia podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. All right. So I guess, you know, we had both mentioned the Hardy boys and, um, uh, Nancy drew, but between those two, which literary character came first or which literary series came first Hardy boys or Nancy drew? Do you know? Hmm. That's interesting. I know very little about both of them. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to say Hardy boys only because, historically uh women weren't allowed to do a lot back in the day <laughs> so i'm gonna say men first right that's correct you were correct oh. by three years so oh, the hardy really? boys were introduced into the lexicon in 1927 nancy drew came around in 1930 interesting wow the 1927 i know i know gosh and that's a long time the first original like sleuths right i mean sure. there was another like american whatever obviously sherlock holmes goes back even before yeah. then Poirot. Yeah. Poirot was, uh, I don't think he was anywhere near as old as all the Agatha, the Agatha Christie one for death on an Isle. that same. Yeah. Uh, so Agatha Christie came later. Yeah. I was gonna I say that's later, you know, and I, I feel horrible because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just right now at this point, I'm not going on research. I'm just going in my head. Yeah. But sure. I want to say there was like a sleuth, like Tom Swift or something Swift or whatever that was before both of like those, but, I just might be, I don't know, maybe that was actually my, mm-hmm. my kid detective. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it's possible. All right. <laughs> um, final little whatever. I'm going to, yeah, this sure. is your, this is your final bonus question. Okay. But I'm going to, we're going to call this one, finish the line. Okay. Where in the world, dot, dot, is dot. Car- is Carmen San Diego? That's correct. That is correct. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, uh, bonus points for you. What was the name of the band that sang the intro? Oh my god, um, they were an acapella, rockapella, rockapella. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> one of the uh, one of the trivia shows I listen to is called Good Job Brain, and they have a uh, a sound alike knockoff called uh, Where in the World Is Car- Carmen San Mateo. And, um, they just do trivia based off of certain things. And they say it's a, there's nothing, there's nothing, no likeness in, intended or whatever. Please don't sue us. Where in the world is Carmen San Mateo? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Pete, this was a lot of fun, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you so much Absolutely. for coming on. Absolutely. And I, I hope our, I hope your listeners take the time to 
because you still can't stream it anywhere except for on stars, the kid detective. Um, but I really hope that people go out and, and take a look at it and give it an honest shot, thinking of it in terms of a, a modern detective movie with a little comedy in it, because I feel like this movie got overlooked very quickly and the more people can watch it, can talk about it. And maybe Evan Morgan can do some other stuff that really hits like this. Cause this, this one sits really hard with me and I love it. You're, you're, you're totally right. Is there anything else that you can think of that, that we may, may have overlooked in, Oh shit. I, I know exactly. Um, because we had talked a little bit about dialogue, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to like talk about like a couple lines in this film, sure. film that I think like really hit, hit hard. Uh, mm-hmm. for me and one of which is this is uh this is from from abe abe says it's difficult to accept the differences between who you are in your head and who you are in the world and you know this movie it's a simple story and there's a lot of like funny lines where he he, he calls calls like people like cunts right but mm-hmm like a line like that, that bit of dialogue is so genius and it's so true. And I just wonder like what your thoughts are on that. God, I mean, anybody who got straight A's in elementary school and they went to high school and shit the bed is can absolutely re- resonate with this because when you feel like you've ha- you've got it, you have, you're the golden child, you're the golden boy, whatever it is. Um, or you just excelled very fast at something and then now you're living in the mediocrity that is your life. It's, it's, it's a, it's a big pill to swallow and it's very hard to remove the ego, your own ego from scenarios and be able to objectively look at your life and say, yeah, okay, maybe I'm not special, you know, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if, um, Abe Applebaum ever got to that point. I guess we'll fast forward 10 minutes after the credits roll. Maybe we'll find out. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's, and it's, I don't know. It's, it's that line is, is, is cutting. And I think that's ultimately like one of the, the biggest themes besides the loss of innocence is just accepting who you actually are. Um, and again, when, with the, the main girl trying to find her boyfriend, she needed to accept what he was. And he was definitely a different person than she thought in her head. So, um, there was one little detail that I needed to specifically point out. And I wanted to see if you noticed this on the door, they have the classic gumshoe door, the classic private detective door in his office. Mm-hmm. And it says in arch letters, a Apple bomb detective, the detective, you can tell as an adult had the kid scraped kid off. And scrapped, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pu- pushed off to the right just a tiny bit. So it's not centered. And they're like, Oh, what the heck? Oh, it's, he just scraped off the kid. Got rid of the kid. I love that. I thought that was just such a like subtle, subtle little mm-hmm. gag. Not even gag did, is the right word, but I just love yeah. like it's, it's the like same a real he's had his entire life. And it's a real it's a real world building thing. Like that office feels lived in. Mm-hmm. And when I when I saw that and then it's funny because he made the decision to take the kid detective off at what point? Who knows? 17, 18, 19, you know? When, when do you take that off and become an adult detective? But at the same time, why do that and then have all the pictures of your childhood mm-hmm. achievements on your wall? Yeah. He, he definitely had an identity crisis and didn't know where he was landed, but it, through the events of the movie, forced him to land someplace. Yeah, yeah. And that also ties into his relationship with the police chief like that he that you know that we that we that was, see yeah. we, we know that connection and there and then we get that adult relationship and the 
again, just the the heartbreak. And there are things that I want to talk about, but the things I don't want to talk about just to spoil this film. And but the that whole idea of like, well, why didn't why didn't you reach out to me? It's like because you were twelve, you know. Yeah. And it's 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 so obvious. Yeah. But it's just also so freaking heartbreaking because that has messed with his entire everything of just not being able to do that. And it's such a relatable character. It's, it's great. I mean, I don't think that anybody needs to hear any, any more bits about the story to encourage them to watch the movie. It's, it's worth your time. I mean, it's, and it's, it's not necessarily something you want with like kids, kids, but it's a good teenager movie and mm-hmm. a young adult movie and an old adult movie. Grandparents could like it. Anybody, I think, could get on board with this if you're maybe over twelve or thirteen. For sure, for sure. Pete, do you think we did? You you, you think we did our like due think, diligence on this? I think we got sold it. this movie. I think I think so. If you haven't, if you're not sold at this point, then you have a personal vendetta against one of us. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to our sultry sounds of our voices for nigh on an hour. Now talk about this movie, and it's 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 time. Go do it. Do yourself a favor. It is. All right. So, Pete, for for our listeners, for any listeners that are checking in and, you know, just randomly popping about, how can people find you? So you can find the show, Middle Class Film Class, anywhere you're listening to this show, to Stamper Cinema. And um, we're on literally every platform you've heard of and most that you haven't heard of. Um, so whatever you're listening to this on. Uh, swipe up, go to the search bar, type in middle class film class, the icons, black and white logo, the three of our heads. And uh, it's a really, real hard to miss. And um, every, every week there's two episodes. So download a gap and chatter episode, download a review episode that sounds good to you and um, give it a listen. The first, the gap and chatter episodes are kind of more fun. Just hanging out with the, you know, with, with a couple friends talking about movies, shooting the shit. And then the deep dive episodes are you may learn a little bit something about a movie that you really dug or a movie that you never heard of before and want to hear what it's all about. So, um, you know, and we're, we're all students of film, all three of us. We're not the teachers in the classroom. We're one of the classmates, you know, so we learn as we go and it's it's very casual and very, not very, uh, um, what's the word pretentious. It's, we're just sitting around shooting the shit about movies. It's a really good time. Good, man. Well, Again, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with me tonight, man. It's been a pleasure. Glad to be here. I'll see you. I'll, I'll talk to you on the Twitter sphere. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> Again, thank you so much to Pete for, for joining the podcast. I had such a great time talking about The Kid Detective. Hopefully you have enjoyed listening to it. If you are a new subscriber, I do thank you uh, for checking out my podcast. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or if you're a horror movie junkie, you can be on find me on Slasher. I'm Stamper Cinema on everything, and uh, you can always join uh, my uh, my Discord channel. So just reach out to me at Stamper Cinema Podcast at gmail.com, and I can provide you the link. Or you can just take a look at the episode notes where I will provide the link for all the ways that you can find me. And until next time, thank you so much for listening to Stamper Cinema. We'll see you next time. Bye now.